Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our podcast and radio show explore the world's cultural landscape. We engage at the intersection of digital media, sound art, and social practice to spark conversations about today's art, film, and architecture. In May 2018, we journeyed to Dakar, the capital of Senegal, to record our first encounters with the contemporary African art biennial known as Dakart. The Red Hour, the Hour of Metamorphosis, was the theme of the exhibition's 13th iteration. Curator Simon Jami took the Red Hour image from the 1958 play And the Dogs Went Silent by Aimé Césaire. Césaire was one of the founding fathers of Negritude, an intellectual and political movement that championed the cultural emancipation of people of African origins. Launched in 1990, Descartes has become a vital voice in the world of contemporary art. For the main exhibition in 2018, 75 artists from 33 countries came together to explore ideas of emancipation, freedom, and responsibility. The Biennial's off-site program, known as OFF, featured more than 200 autonomous artist-organized exhibitions and events. Those took place across the city and on the island of Gorée. The Ancien Palais de Justice, once the country's high court building, is Dakar's main exhibition venue. On opening day, we meet Simon Jami at the edge of the central courtyard to hear his philosophy on art and the 2018 exhibition. Well, I think art is poetry. I don't consider myself as a curator. I consider myself as a writer who curates. So I guess I might be moved by artists who don't consider themselves as artists but as poets. One can be a poet in forms, one can be a poet in tridimensional matters, but there's always something, there's always a brief, there's always a spirit. I wanted to say utopia, but it's, it's not that. It's, I think it's a rhythm, there's always something that, that, that makes us feel at ease, even when the work is dealing with some very rough stuff, that we take them with philosophy, because artists are not here to demonstrate, they're storytellers. And I love it when somebody tells a story, and the story is good. I agree, and they all are telling stories. I really appreciate that you've given so much breathing room to each artist. They have their own space to breathe. I think it's important for people when you have a tridimensional piece, or even you have a photograph, it's important for people to be able to emerge on what they're looking at. Of course, I'm playing with the different layers of the architecture of, of this space. Now, point of view is where you can have a, a kind of a global vision, but only partial of all the works, and then when you get closer, the rest disappears. In a viewing space beyond one of the red doors inside the Ancien Palais, we find the work of Glenda Leon, 
a Cuban-born artist who lives between Havana and Madrid. Her sculptural installation conveys a message about transience. The artist literally broke a small hourglass, symbol of the constant flow of time, and turned it upside down. What ran out was a mountain of sand. Let's describe the piece. How many tons of sand? It's around 12 tons of sand. It's like a mountain of sand, like the standard size of a person. But the hourglass, which is on the top, is the only thing that is placed apart from the sand on top of the mountain. And the title is uh, Wasted Time. In Spanish, it's Tiempo Perdido. In French, it's Temps Perdu. I wanted people to reflect about all the time they have spent themselves by doing things that they really don't feel like doing it, but they have to do it. Like even staying in a relationship where they don't even want and they spend years and years and decades staying in a relationship because some other reason that they don't even understand themselves why. Or even words, you know, nations fighting, they're lacking of souls and souls, heart and love. And the hope of that, behind that, the optimistic point of view, for me is that luckily when you realize of this, then you are ready for the next step. <laughs> Guy Wete from Cameroon created the installation titled Democratic Classroom in one of the spaces that opens into a wide hallway upstairs. From the doorway, we see five rows of white plastic chairs, five chairs each row. They sit like students facing a wall painted orange-yellow. White chalk lettering on the rectangular blackboard at the center of this bright wall spells out the words fragile, but not made in China. Attached to the back of each chair, small blackboards are labeled in French equivalents of character descriptions. The jealous one, the old one, the betrayer, the teacher, the foreigner. The whole project started with a kind of need to reflect on what school is today. What is school? Is that a space of transmission? Is that a space where we can really somehow construct a democratic society or it's a space where we construct mindset somehow and that was kind of the first question at the earliest point of the project and then evolving when I start look on how to make it somehow visual I come across this giving idea on China, the giving idea that we hear a lot from the European people or from the European politics and so on about the fact that China is recolonizing the continent, the African continent. So I also take that as a point, as a kind of mark within space and time to try to understand why is that so important to the West today to tell us about the danger that China might represent. How is that happening? How is it evident to the world outside that China is colonizing Africa? If we take the point of view of the West, of the Western society, and specifically at the geopolitical level, the fact that China has become an economical force dealing with Africa with a very clear and open mindset in the way on the fact that they are looking for the minerals and 
doing their business. They're not here to do some humanity thing, as sometimes Europe might let us think that they're trying to fight for human rights or they're doing some humanity or helping for development in Africa. China is not doing this type of diplomacy. China is very clear that they're doing business, and if we open for business, then we do business. That at least is clear. Even though we might be losing in the exchange, I assume that at least the point is clear. It's not like going from the colonial statue to the so-called independency and still having some deal, like the France-Afrique, what they call France-Afrique, the deal between some countries in Africa and France, or, or some country in the US, for example, or with Belgium and so on, where you always have a kind of unclear relationship going on. So I wanted to highlight that within this installation and try to question it through the space of school, through the space of a classroom where normally people with all the differences, and that's why you have all those little... Um, little uh, chalkboards yes. with different words on them. Yeah, le vaniteux, yeah. le professeur, le contemporain. Exactly, le judas, and so on, which mark the differences of human beings and the work in itself in that way address also the question of the otherness. How do we make a society? How do we try to take care of our world today with all our differences without being trapped in trying to become a European or, or letting someone else dictate us what we should be? So this is a bit where I find the classroom interesting as a space but as well as a reflection on what it is a school. What is a school today? What does it serve for? Is that where we can really invent a new humanity? It's a little hopeful. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, there's really a lot of hope in it. And also less naivety. I mean, I'm like, let's stop thinking that we're naive when we say that there is enough place in this world, there is enough food, there is enough wealth to make everyone have a kind of peaceful and more dignity in his daily life. So there is some hope there, actually. But in this classroom, you have the place of the teacher represented by an absent leader. That's what's written on the tablet. It's the point of view that I have regarding the world nowadays. There is no more leader, and there is kind of game where you can't really define whether we are really looking for a leader in order to guide us and you cannot really understand whether it's a choice to get rid of all the leaders somehow and just make everything becoming chaos. But in the positive sense as well, the lack of leader means that there is a possibility for everyone to become a leader and that's I like that actually, including Africa to become the leader. Outdoors in a breezy courtyard, a large mobile sculpture captures all our attention. Taking turns drifting up, down, and around each other, a house-shaped tent and the frame of a small boat perform a balancing act. In this work, Dominican artist Marcus Laura Reed contemplates the far-ranging symbolism of migratory movement around the world today. Well, it's tent that float 
in a balance with boat. One of those typical fishing boats from Canaria. But this one is dedicated to the people who are moving from one place to another. But this one is getting more into kind of a Greek mythology because this is the red house from Caronte. Caronte was the one who went in, in Virgilius or in the Divina Commedia crossing the river of the Purgatorio, bringing the people to the safety way. And I wanted to make a poetic work. Four months of work, you see it, it very, look very simple, but it took me a lot of time just to calculate the way, the balance, and the symbolism that I wanted to use, and how the boat was just crossing. I created the music, I composed it, and I'm very happy that the piece finally is standing and working well. So we have a house and a boat and in a balance. It's like a scale and they have different weights, but the wind gives them different power depending on how it's blowing. It definitely. Is. I'm just and also watching. it's like that, it takes people. You can be sitting there and let the, and people can just because it's like a dance between a house and a boat. The symbol of a house, the people who are crossing looking for a house where they can really looking for a better life and also the idea of the boat and movement. It's a subject that I've been working for almost 20 years. And it went back to this migration situations and, and the situation especially with Africans and also the, the people who are crossing the Mediterranean Sea. So it's a, a bit of the drama put in a poetic way. Back inside the Ancien Palais, a humming vibration lures us into a small corner space not far from the entrance. That's where Egyptian artist Magdi Mostafa constructed an interactive sonic environment. His project titled Transmission Loss continues the artist's research into sound experiences rendered obsolete by new technologies. Mainly the work is trying to use sound as a container of certain circumstances or a certain place or a certain moment. How can sound carry something abstractly from this and deliver it somewhere else? In this particular work, I am questioning the electromagnetic fields, the randomness of the electromagnetic fields and the noise can be controlled into a form of a sound orchestra. So mainly I'm trying to amplify something that we generally block or ignore, which is coming from all our devices and all our daily life that comes out from technology, to create an artwork that is manifesting this minority of frequencies that we don't hear. The first unit is the one you see on the left, and it has 45 volume of control, and you can actually go and in interact with these volumes. So you're supposed to control the 45 controllers with you or with your friends and make a sort of abstract dialogue between each other by generating different hertz or different frequencies and you can hear the sounds that comes out from the speakers.
second cell on the right hand, it contains 35 vibrators on a surface. Underneath this surface, we have different materials like glass, wood, or plastic. You hear the sound uh, unit coming from materials, not from speakers. So you're supposed to rearrange these vibrators randomly on the surface. It's like when you put your phone on a vibration mode and you leave it on a wooden table or a plastic table or it generates different sound quality. So the game is to find different spots for these vibrators that is also handmade, like the circuits in fact, and it's made of uh, recycling children toys. And you just tune the sound by rearranging these toys on the surface and you make an observation of how this vibration gives you different sound quality. The third unit is the one with the grid of speakers upside down. 35 vintage radio speakers upside down facing a sheet of wood capturing sound from both the first unit and the second unit and this is to give you an acceptable background of white noise that can make you lost in the piece and listen to it. So what do you hope people take away from transmission loss? So the transmission loss here meant to touch the gap we have in history of technology. It's not something that is just happening between the technology of the work itself, but it's metaphorically happening in how we percept the vintage technologies and how these technologies are delivered to us today where the digital is more relevant rather than the analog. So there is a loss of understanding of transmission of these frequencies and acoustic identities. So here is the gap and here is the loss. So I'm trying to fill this gap a little bit and make it smaller by bringing something that is already old fashioned. Here is the transmission and here is the loss. Later, we trek across the city to the Museum of African Arts, known as IFAN, to visit the guest-curated exhibitions. Swedish curator Marianne Holtman brought Norwegian artist and vocalist Tori Ranis to Dakar for the exhibition she titled The Blue Hour. We arrive in time to watch Ranis and three collaborators present a spellbinding improvisation. So, Tori, tell me about this piece we just saw. It's kind of a continuation of a piece that I did with Yaro when I was in Lagos half a year ago or something. Because yes. Yaro is a dancer and drummer and my main instrument is voice. And then one of the evenings we were in Lagos, we were out and dancing and then I saw D-Flip. That's also in this performance. And then it was just so great to dance and he just got so good moods. So we 
we brought him and Tuna, my studio manager, is also a dancer. <laughs> I saw. So, <laughs> we call this piece like improvisations, one, two, three. This is a conversation between the voice and the drum, and this is a conversation between the dance and the voice, and then the drum and the voice. wanted to work abstract but sometimes I guess it becomes a story even though we are trying to just work with the dynamics of the improvisation. It's definitely you? a story. <laughs> My name is Adewale Ayodeji Tumishi from Nigeria. I'm a dance artist, dance teacher, drummer, and uh, I run a, a children's theater in Lagos. This performance to me, uh, I think it's a combination of different ideas. Four of us comes together and we're like, let's do something. We never give it any title, but we just do something. She told me to play something on the drum. She will do something with the dance, and the flip will do something with his own body. So that is how we arrived here today, and I hope you love it. I did love it, and it seemed like it was choreographed because your response to them was so immediate. My name is Sansita Ofika Yomide, but known as The Flip. The Flip. The I can flip. see why. <laughs> I just observed why he's called The Flip. <laughs> okay, so actually, I just love working with them. This is my first time I've ever working with them in my life, but I could feel the connection. Like, it's really dope. It's what we're praying for. It doesn't matter the color, it's just, it's just what we want to do. We just want to feel it like an immunity. Let's just be humanity. Just do whatever you want to do. And I hope we just arrived at the point. <laughs> I did, I did. How about you? How did you find yourself involved, drawn to this performance? I work with Tori as her studio manager also. I don't know. It just kind of happens natural. I think it's about talking through the instruments you have. More than talking too much in words. The singing has no... It's just like an abstract language, it doesn't have uh, words. And I love to tour with this language because everyone has the same access to it. It doesn't belong to anyone, so it's just based on rhythm and temperament. And, and you said something nice yes, about... Yes, and to me it's kind of uh, a contemporary art, because what she's saying, my drum can say it too. It's this is Yoruba drum. This one is for Fuji. Fuji is a kind of uh, music in Nigeria. But now we're using Fuji instrument to this, to our own voice, to our own language. It's, uh, it's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really thing. amazing because Tori's voice is her instrument. Yes, yeah. And you play it so beautifully and it's reinterpreting traditional ideas and instruments and, and movement to create a new language.
Mexico-based guest curator Marisol Rodriguez showed artifacts of her conceptual project in an adjacent room at IFAN. Rodriguez had worked with a small group of artists to organize collaborative encounters in the city under the title ZamZam. They explored shared colonial histories between Latin America, the Caribbean, and Senegal through the diverse typologies of language, hurricane zones, and oddly enough, bees. I am going to be experiencing the exhibition project of guest curator Marisol Rodriguez. She is a journalist, curator, and independent researcher, editor, and co-founder of Mono Ediciones. She's based in Paris and Mexico City. She currently works as a freelancer for Confabulario, the cultural supplement of El Universal in Mexico, Letras Libras, and other publications and websites in Mexico and abroad. And she's bringing a project called Silence, Murmur, Clamor, Tumult, with a project called ZamZam Chapter 4. You have a special team that's come to Dakar to put this together, a specific kind of environment. Let's introduce the team. They go by the name MID51. MID is the code of Merida for airports, and this is one of the places where they're based on. And 51 is the number of the house in which their studio is based. They are constantly moving throughout the Yucatan Peninsula, and especially Belize, which is a very important point for them. But physically, their studio is in Merida, and this street, number 51. They're currently producing three different projects. One is a collection of books. They're really artist books about the history of the hurricane zone, it's past, present, and future. So the other project is this collection of 100 films. And the other one is ZamZam. ZamZam has six chapters. So each chapter can be a sort of exhibition. They don't really call it an exhibition. Like this, it's not an exhibition, you know. It's, is this work in the context and is this whole environment it's not really an exhibition of objects, but more like an experience? It can be that, it can be a conference, it can be like different action in the communities with which they are involved. So the only condition is that one happens in the hurricane zone and one happens outside. So the first chapter happened in Merida, the second one happened in Beijing, the third one happened in Merida in Motul, in this uh, very small village uh, in Merida, and the fourth one is happening in Dakar. So we don't know where the other ones will be. That's very cool. Well, let's describe this an intricate environment that is not meant to actually be an intervention in the space in terms of being things on the wall. It's actually an environment. Can we describe yes. some of the elements that will be experienced? It's actually everything but an intervention on the space. Like, we actually made a point of not touching the space because this is a month-long biennial and it's happening in a very challenging country. Materials are scarce, uh, although things are expensive and the workforce is really incredible and people's willing to work. I saw no point in like producing, doing this grand production or bringing a lot of equipment. You have to work with what you have and the space that we have, it's very far from a white cube. The things that we're doing is cleaning the space, cleaning it very thoroughly painting it. So when we leave, what we will leave is not materials, trash, 
but we will actually leave a cleaner space than the one we received. So everything that we're doing is to install this environment is metal furniture that will be recycled. It's already said that it will be recycled. And the objects that we're showing that are this very simple reflection of all the themes I'm telling you in the hurricane zone will be very simply placed. There is a big object that was handmade in Merida, a big red fabric banner, which has this phrase in Wolof. It's really okay. like the punchline of the whole of the whole Okay, <laughs> so we we can't know yet. Not yet, not okay. yet. Okay. So it has this phrase in Wolof that is gigantic on the banner. I'm telling you, this is a banner of 10 meters long by two and a half meters tall. And there is this phrase, hand embroidered. That was made in Merida? That was made in this town that's called Quimbila in Merida. And it's a town in which obviously the whole Yucatan Peninsula has an incredible history. But sadly, and obviously through all this new colonialism, really, all of these traditions, all of these rituals are becoming handcrafts for tourists. So one of these guys who has this incredible knowledge of craftsmanship, who is now doing handcrafts for tourists, we put him into the team and he worked with us to create this enormous uh, crazy banner. <laughs> then you have a sound installation. You will hear the sound of bees. These are bees that were recorded in Belize, actually in a sculpture park in Belize that's called Pustinia. The honeybees in Latin America and the US as well, these are Africanized bees, that's what they're called. And these Africanized bees arrived in Latin America in the 1950s in Brazil. And they were part of an experiment to create like a more efficient breed of bees. But by accident, the queen bees escaped and they colonized all of America from South America to North America. And because they're very aggressive and highly migrating bees. So it's this very reverse colonialism by bees. That's and awesome. It's an incredible story. So we're introducing their sound here, but we're not bringing bees in the room. Exactly. Okay. So it's also interesting because for me, this incontrollable nature of the bee, it's really like a metaphor of what remains of these African roots in Latin America, which are more or less hidden. And not because there's not that many black people in Latin America, that doesn't mean that these roots and these rituals and all this history that we do have and we do share with Africa is not there. It is there. It's not that widely recognized. It's like the bees, that they come and go and you know they hit you or they sting you and they go away. What do you hope that the everyday visitor would get from the experience? Going back to this image of the bees, I think it's a really beautiful image that for me, this environment and all these things that we're doing, both in the space and online, I'm hoping that it's really like a beast, you know, that you may get stinged or not. It may come and, you know, shake you or give you goosebumps or, you know, make you like, oh, gross, or make you like, oh, what a beautiful bee, you know. Sometimes you think like, oh, that's a really nice bee or that's interesting or I'll go and look it up. I don't aim for people to have this big moment of reflection. I think I just want them to, to feel stinged, to go to the websites and look for something else, or to take one of our postcards that we will leave there and read more about this story that we're trying to tell. I think it's really like the bees. It's, it's a matter of, it's like a roulette. Sometimes you have one viewer that will take the whole history and will send you an email and tell you how interesting this was. And maybe someone else will read this 
praising Wolof and will be out. Oh, how funny these people that they took the effort to to talk in Wolof. Or someone that doesn't speak in Wolof will have to speak with someone that talks Wolof to understand what we're trying to say. And that's already that's already a lot. Simon Jami invited Egyptian artist Moataz Nasreldin to curate an exhibition for Dakar that would represent his country's contemporary art scene. Inside the Maison des Anciens Combattants, or Museum of Veterans Affairs, Nasreldin brought work by artists affiliated with Darb 1718, a nonprofit contemporary art space in Cairo. At the entrance, a massive form wrapped in black plastic almost completely blocked access to the galleries beyond. The impression of an obstacle course continued throughout the exhibition, requiring visitors to navigate a suite of spatial interventions, stand-ins for government sanctions that restrict creative expression in Egypt. Here we have 18 artists with us. We brought to Cairo to Dakar, in a way. <laughs> I love that. And tell me what DARB does in Cairo. It's an actual organization and space. Yes, we, DARB is a contemporary cultural space. We worked with everything that is contemporary, whether it's contemporary art, visual art, dance, music, underground music, theater, performances. We are trying to keep things going, and although the circumstances are not so encouraging, I'm happy that we were invited here. I came here before as an artist, but I was just presenting myself. Now I'm happy to be presenting artists from Egypt, and it's really, I think the reaction of the people are very good, and everybody loved the work, and I'm happy to see artists that have never showed outside of Cairo, they are showing here now. The thing is that we didn't have money to bring anyone. I mean, even the three artists that came, they came by, for, uh, by their own. They paid from the pocket money. Uh, and even the work, we didn't ship it. We just brought it with us in the bag. So anyway, so we managed everything. The Cairo Bats, May Al-Shazli, Nadia Mounier, Hagar Masood, Omnia Naguib, Yvonne Buchheim, and Magdalena Kallenberger, are a collective of female artists staging photographs on the rooftops of Cairo. I'm interested in the bats, oh, yeah, the, girls. the women. Yes. So they're called the Cairo bats. Yeah, the girls, actually, I wish that one of them were here. The work is fantastic, and a group of girls that they get together and they decided to do this, uh, and they always take f photos at night and morning and the rooftops of the buildings all over Cairo. Why are they only coming out at night? You are like bats, so it's like... <laughs> Yeah, is there a sense of, of uh, censorship or uh, no, no. Yeah, a lack of, of freedom for women to, artists to, there? To, is to that work. why? I have no exact word to say about what's happening in Egypt. It's not understandable even for us. But the only thing that we understand is that there is fear. Fear is back. But what is rejected, what is accepted, what people can do without being uh, accused, there's no rule. We didn't get it yet. I mean, it's, we're still like trying to understand. But anyway, it's not a good story. Everybody's trying at least to express us. Like, for example, one of the artists here, his name is Ganzir, he's the one who did this work, the white and black and white here. He's rejected from coming back to Egypt because he made some drawings during the revolution about the army and about how they control and so on. So they, he can't go back to Egypt. We have issues, you know. 
but it will be okay one day. We are looking forward. I believe in art very much, and I think art can change a lot. And as far as, as we are insisting and we keep going with what we're doing, and we believe it and we love it, by time things will change. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> In order to live in Egypt, you need to be a real balanced person, real balanced, I mean, like to, to be Zen. One of our most profound cultural encounters in Dakar was with an artist we never met, the legendary Issa Sam, also known as Joe Wakam, whose influence resonates deeply in the work of many Senegalese culture makers. A philosopher, poet, performance artist, and painter, the deeply revered patriarch died in 2017. His legacy is Ajitart, the international activist collective he co-created in the 1970s with a network of intellectuals, artists, and thinkers dedicated to revitalizing African art. One night during our stay, a massive crowd of Joe's followers gathered at the French Institute to view the first cut of a new documentary celebrating his life. Musician, singer, and songwriter Wassis Diop produced 17 Rue Jules Ferry to portray the last days in the life of Joe Wakam. Titled after the artist's home address, the second film that Diop has produced about Joe is a visual poem. Joe's legacy was in full view during Dakart. Just steps from the port, Pascal Traoré and other members of the Agitart Collective organized a thoughtful exhibition inside the sprawling complex of buildings that once held the city's thriving Malian market. Installations along the walls, floors, and ceilings spilled out into a vast courtyard. Ajit Art, explains Traoré, is an enduring movement, a global laboratory for social change. Making something who can help people to change things. So in the laboratory, there is artists, there are politicians, there are philosophers, there are the littéraires, hein, the poets, the écrivains, the, the médecins, the... C'est un laboratoire et il n'a pas que des Africains, il y a des gens du monde entier qui sont membres du laboratoire. Parce que dans le laboratoire, il n'y a pas de carte de membre, il n'y a pas de, de, de secrétaire général, il n'y a pas de trésorier. A, non, c'est des gens qui sont actifs, qui agissent, qui font les choses, qui deviennent membres du laboratoire. It's a laboratory of art activism. And it's not just artists from Africa, it's artists from all over the world, and it's not just artists. It's writers, philosophers, doctors, politicians, people who are acting to make a change in the world. And the title of this exhibition is... La Cloche de Fourmi, the Bell of the Ants. What he explained to me is that ants are considered very insignificant, but when they gather together to build something, they're very powerful. Yes. On est trois directeurs artistiques à avoir conçu ce projet et mis en œuvre. Donc, euh, et derrière, on est aussi des artistes, donc nous avons créé des œuvres à l'intérieur. Entre autres, euh, ces murs dessinés, euh, ce personnage dans le globe. Euh, J'ai un espace à, à l'intérieur aussi où j'ai d'autres travaux. 
voilà, des peintures, des sculptures, du dessin. Hein, C'est mes personnages, ça, de l'écriture. He's doing a writing, drawing on the walls, painting, sculpture, and he's among three artistic directors for this exhibition. But many people are involved in making this happen. Those texts, ces textes, c'est le dernier recueil de poèmes écrit par Issassam Joachim. Et on a pris quelques textes qu'on a marqués pour que les gens puissent lire un peu son ce qu'il a écrit. Artists transcribed Joachim's writings on the walls of the space so visitors could read his philosophy on life, art and politics. C'est pas un hommage, c'est une continuité. Nous essayons de poursuivre son œuvre. Parce qu'un hommage, c'est comme si la personne ne revenait plus. Mais nous, nous pensons que son chemin, il continue à travers nous. Et son message continue à travers nous. So I was told before I came, this was an homage to this artist. He's telling me it's not an homage, because an homage would mean the person is not coming back. But in their minds, the artist inspires them to continue his work. So he's not gone. Yes, he's not gone. It's with us. Ses idées sont avec nous. Sa, sa pensée, l'esprit de ce qu'il voulait transmettre est avec nous. Et c'est ce que vous voyez. Si vous voyez ça, c'est comme si vous avez vécu avec Joachim. If you see all this around us, it's as if you lived with him, that you know him because he inspires everything here. Exactly. What do you hope people take away from this? Nous n'espérons rien. Nous voulons juste partager des choses en nous que nous avons laissées là et aux gens de les sentir, de les interpréter, de, les, de vivre avec. And he says, I hope they take away nothing except that they appreciate, that they experience and that they enjoy. Yes. <laughs> and perhaps be inspired as you are. <laughs> Thank you. Merci. Merci, merci beaucoup. Gore, an island one mile from the city's main harbor, hosted more off-site exhibitions and events. The largest slave trading center on the African coast in the 15th century, Gore is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. For Dakar, contemporary art brought abandoned buildings to life and occupied an empty waterfront terrace. Local artisans seized the moment to lean their paintings against the walls along walkways and suspend textile art from cords tied to palm trees. Atop the highest hill on the island, an official off-site exhibition banner flapped in the breeze next to the doorway of a corrugated tin shack home to artist Michel Amadou Gay. In his outdoor studio with an amazing view of the sea, Amadou explains the symbology embedded in one of his works, a totem of virtue designed to represent a balance of male and female energies. With its base in the ground, the mobile figure turns around a central axis. Each side of its flat circular head features a face, 
and two small calabash gourds hang from the short stick of bamboo that crests the sculpture. Et pourquoi la calabasse? La balance? La temple de Thémis, la balance, la justice. Ça, c'est la femme. Et il y a le monsieur là, qui symbolise la fidélité entre un couple. La fidélité, the faithfulness of a couple. So one side is the female and one side is the male. C'est un totem de vertu qui traite les vertus qui sont par exemple l'acidité, la ponctualité, la régularité, la fidélité et l'équité. Okay, equality, temporality, punctuality, fidelity, many things. C'est un totem de vertu. It's a totem of virtue. Beautiful. Depuis 25 ans ou 30 ans, So you were here for 30 years. For 30 years, yes. Making your art. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Today we share a few of the voices and sounds we recorded during the 13th edition of Dakar, the Biennial of Contemporary African Art, animating hundreds of venues across the city and nearby island of Gore. Dakar has become one of the most influential contemporary art events in Africa, forging new networks of creativity and artistic solidarity. Dakar is now a meeting place, and this biennial, a destination for curators, artists, filmmakers, and other culture producers from Africa and beyond. They investigate global concerns, colonial histories, politics and the economy, migration and the environment. Often working collectively, they embody the legacy of Joe Oakam and Ajit Art, emphasizing ideas, process, experimentation, and action. Visit freshartinternational.com to explore other conversations from contemporary art biennials around the world. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review Fresh Art International anywhere you go for podcasts. It means a lot to know you're listening. With the support of followers like you, We've been creating these conversations since 2011. We invite you to invest in Fresh Art International with a donation in any amount. The Knight Foundation will match every dollar you give. Go to freshartinternational.com and click on the red support button to help us keep sharing these stories. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.